0: You'll take it, man. You'll take the two-game sweep. (laughs) Listen, it's going well. It's going well for New York right now. I mean, I hate, I always hate, I've always hated the two-game set thing. But, it does make it easier for me, as, as a content creator, to, uh, you know, you take less notes, and you can get through these episodes, hopefully, a little quicker. But, um, yeah, it was a great series. The Yankees are now 6 and 3 versus Toronto. They played them a lot so far. Um but uh yeah. Good start. Good start. We're going to talk about this. Let's get into it. This is RJ Carbone and you're listening to BD That's One by Magic. Oh, hang on to the, roof. Good the road The He shook up the road. And show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. What is happening, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Yeah, man, it was good. It was a good, solid Excellent, couldn't have went better two-game set. Um, And, you know, a lot went on. This series kind of had a lot of drama to it. You know what I mean? Um, Obviously, Yankees, Blue Jays, there's a little bit of a rivalry brewing here now. Um, Yeah, there was some drama. A lot of comebacks, comeback action in both games, arguments, ejections. You know the hit by pitch thing. Judge one of the faces of baseball, with the dramatics in the first game of the set. Big moment there. At the end of, uh, we'll talk about the walk off. And yeah, like I said at the top, six and three, now versus Toronto this season. They played them nineteen games. It's like a third of their schedule already. Um. And yeah. It's all good. Boston still sucks. 19 losses behind Baltimore, I think, by two games, depending on what they do tonight, though, that might change. Um, Yeah, I'm looking around baseball, and the Yankees are, I think they still have the best record in baseball. I was looking around the scoreboards last night, and um, I'm seeing that. I didn't know if anybody else knew this. Luis Castillo, I didn't know he was hurt. I forgot he was hurt. But he debuted the other day. And he looked alright. And I'm thinking, I'm like, why the hell... Like, he's still there. Why the hell it hasn't... Uh, what's their, their owner's name? Castellini? Why hasn't Castellini dealt him yet? I think he's still 29 years old. He's still fairly young. I mean, I've heard rumors lately... Hopefully, I mean, you want to get a haul. They can do it, the Yankees and the Reds eventually. Because I've been in on this guy forever. That's why I'm bringing him up. Because I've always wanted Luis Castillo. Now, their bullpen right now may not need some help, but it doesn't hurt. I mean, shit. You know, now is different from whenever the deadline is at the end of August. Just something to consider, right? And what would it take? It would take a haul, right? Uh... You know, maybe a few of Glaber, Hicks, Gallo, maybe Andujar. Some guys you don't don't use or some guys you consider expendables. Prospects not named Volpe. Maybe Cabrera. Maybe Peraza. You know, a combination of some of those guys. Like I said, it's going to have to be a haul one way or another. But I'm looking around the scoreboards. I see Castillo and I get excited again. Because I'm like, maybe this guy does get dealt eventually. But I don't know why I just brought that up at the top of the show here. I don't know. I was just thinking about it. Oh, and I saw Verlander the other day. Um, almost almost gets his fourth career no hitter. I didn't know he had three. That's a pretty crazy accomplishment itself. And they were saying how there are only other uh only five other pitchers in major league baseball history with three plus no hitters. I think Nolan Ryan leads with seven. Jesus Christ. I actually think it was the same exact um, way Nestor's no-hitter ended. It was an out into the eighth. I think Verlander was one out into the the eighth inning, and he does not get it. Um, Speaking of Mm -hmm. Nestor, he's starting to get some national attention here, man. Major League Baseball has been posting about him on social media. They invited him in to to do some kind of promo. I don't know what it was. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, the the baseball world is now starting to get to know him more and more. You know what I mean? Once that hype starts coming in, you know, sometimes it can get into a pitcher's head. But I'm interested to see. Because he's been on a hell of a ride. And before he was just kind of our little kept secret. But now everybody's starting to hear about Nesta Cortez. Nestor Cortez. And I think he's due to pitch this upcoming series against the White Sox, if I'm not mistaken. He might, he might miss it, actually. I have to check. Yeah, he might miss it. I think they're going Luis Hill, Cole, and then Montgomery. But still, uh, speaking of no-hitters, the Rays were actually no-hit, I think, last night. Um, and again, as I record... Currently, it's May 11th. It's Wednesday, May 11th. Now, as you are listening to this, it's most likely um, at the latest Tuesday, May 12th when I put this out. But yeah, that's going on. Um, But like I said, I'm going to keep an eye on Luis Castillo to see how he pitches. I'm going to keep an eye on the three and 30-something Reds, whatever they are. They're like six and 24 or something like that now. But, um, yeah, I really want him, as you all know. Um, but the Yankees, another great series. A, a quick quick little two-game sweep, right? And um, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to get into it. We're going to start this one up with our NYY NYK MMA question of the day. Okay? And then from there, we'll get into the episode. So let's head to our first break really quick. And then we'll we'll jump right in. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 366 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, because if for some reason you haven't yet, be sure to do that. Subscribe to the show. Download these episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to them on all the listening platforms, and you can also watch the podcast on Spotify and YouTube. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Facebook, r.j.carbone. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Now, let's talk about it, man. It was a good series for the New York Yankees. Um, a good little quick sweep. A little efficient sweep for New York. On, uh, what was it, Tuesday. Tuesday night, the Yankees picked up a 6-5 to victory. And um, it was good to see their offense bounce back. Although it didn't start out great uh, for neither for for really the lineup and the pitching for us, top of the first inning. Let me just make sure we're all set up here. Um, all right, good. Top of the first inning on Tuesday. Uh, first off, it was Severino going up against Kikuchi, but Severino at the top of the first gives up a home run to Springer, who leads off the game for Toronto. It's one nothing. Uh, the Yankees. Get a runner on in the bottom of the first when Anthony Rizzo draws a walk, but they get nothing from it. And then in the top of the second, you've got Espinal with the big double that goes off of Hicks' glove, and that ends up being 3 nothing. Two runs come across. It's 3 nothing for Toronto. Bottom of the second, the Yankees put two on. Donaldson and Aaron Hicks draw walks with nobody out. Then you get the mound visit, um, and then from there, Kikuchi gets hot. I mean, he gets really hot. Uh, he retires Glaber, and then IKF and Higgy using his slider. Bottom of the third comes. The Yankees, you know, Kikuchi puts him down. Uh, the four, five, and six batters. Um, no, I think I was next. He puts down, sorry, I read my notes there wrong. In the bottom of the third, the 4th, 5th, and sixth batters in a row are retired From the top of the order cannot produce. Then you get Stanton, Donaldson, and Hicks all going down in order as well in the bottom of the 4th. That's 9 in a row at the time for Kikuchi. Then he makes it 12 in a row in the bottom of the 5th when Glaber, IKF, and Higgy go down. So he's throwing a no-hitter. It's, it's looking pretty bad, pretty grim. I'm flipping out. But then, finally, some spark. And this was a big spark. Uh, The bottom of the sixth. DJ LeMayu with a double. Aaron Judge with the base hit. Kikuchi then gets Rizzo to fly out. Then he's pulled after five and a third innings uh, with two men on base. That's when Giancarlo Stanton takes the plate. And he shoots a huge game tying home run to the porch versus Yimmy Garcia. Is it Yimmy Garcia? On a hanging slider. Foreshadowing. Um, And it's a tie game at 3 3. Donaldson then takes the plate. He gets plunked. Um now you know nothing happens after that for the Yankees offensively. They don't score after that in the inning, but all hell kind of breaks loose for Toronto Blue Jays, you know. I mean, feel like every single Blue Jay was just getting ejected for no reason. Um the relief pitcher Garcia, he gets he gets uh, ejected. Pete Walker gets tossed, their pitching coach. I think in the seventh inning, Charlie Montoyo gets tossed. And I'm just sitting here laughing. You know, I love the fact that they were getting ejected, not because I spies the Jays, but I love how they were getting ejected for no reason. To see them triggered and pissed off that team, I loved it. I love the fact that the Yankees were not the innocent ones. That the Yankees were the vict- uh, the Yankees were the uh, the bad guys there, and the innocent ones, the good guys in this situation, the Blue Jays were the ones who wrongfully were getting tossed. Um, and I also loved how Judge and Cole were chirping during that whole thing from the dugout, those two guys. And obviously, you know, when Donaldson was hit. He talks about it after the game. How he and Tyler Heinerman, the catcher, were apparently going back and forth with each other. And they were asking him about it. And he goes, yeah, it's just baseball. Um, I don't even know what the guy's name is. I never even heard of him. A very subtle, you know, F.U. to Heinerman. But that's what I'm talking about. That the whole thing, man, the Yanks just have that edge right now. They have it. They have that edge. Even after the hit-by-pitch, Donaldson flips his friggin' bat. Just so much swagger to him. You know what I mean? Uh, Top of the eighth inning, they do kind of bounce back, the Jays. Guriel with the RBI double when Chad Green enters the game. One second here. But this was one of the more frustrating moments of the, the The most frustrating moment of the game. Um, so, Guerrero gets the double off green. But you got Aaron Hicks in left field getting lazy again. And he did the same thing last time versus Toronto this season where he let Vladimir stretch a single into a double that was hit straight to center field. He jogs to the ball. I mean, he practically, if you ran any slower, the jog, it would have been a jog. It would have been a walk. Um, he fields it slowly. He takes extra steps, he double pumps, and he throws a weak, you know, I think Cohn said it was an 83-mile-an-hour throw to the relay man, IKF, who made a bad throw. First of all, he should have just let Judge catch that because Judge actually has an arm, and he could have made a stronger throw to the relay. It would have been there faster. Could have had a shot at getting the runner there. And I also don't think that Hicks was baiting. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., because we've spent five seasons, maybe more, now with Aaron Hicks, and we've seen him dog it a few times out there, even in his moments where he's not trying to bait guys. And we've seen him dog it to first base several times. It's 4-3 to after this, Toronto leads. But just the fact that he continues to show a little effort is even more maddening and frustrating and pisses you off further when you consider the fact that he's done absolutely nothing at the plate ever since that hot start where he led the team in average and in OPS. If you're not going to hit, you better damn well field. Or else you should not be out there. Um, It's 4-3. Kirk then gets the sack fly to make it 5-3. Chagrin deserves some blame here because he's the Aaron Hicks of relief pitchers. <laughs> Anytime he's in, when it matters, he flops. I cannot stand watching him a lot. I can't. He's the king of, of putting up numbers because in empty base situations. He's Aaron Hicks. <laughs> he can't do it when it matters. Bottom of the ninth comes, and that's when the Yankees win the game, obviously. Uh, First of all, Isaiah kinder for strikes out. But then, in my opinion, uh, you get Trevino with the key walk. This is the key moment of the game, in my opinion. Jose Trevino's at-bat. Just an excellent at-bat. Excellent. Um, I mean, we expect nothing from these catchers. So it was so big that he was able to get to the top of the lineup with only one out. So that, to me, was where the game was lost for the Toronto Blue Jays. Then DJ also draws a big walk. Then you got first and second with one out for Aaron Judge. And puts uh, just puts together another tremendous at-bat. Um, Romano goes slider three times to start the at-bat. You think he's definitely not going to go fastball. Then he goes fastball on a 1-2 and two count. Judge fouls it off, and then he goes back to the slider a couple times. And on the sixth pitch of the at-bat, he hangs the living shit out of a cement mixer slider. And Judge takes full advantage of it, and he belts this shit deep to left field. This was no short porcher. This was no Chris Woodward home run. It was a, a deep shot to left field. K was going nuts. Yankee Stadium, I can only imagine, was going wild, all 35K. And, uh yeah, I'm going nuts here, too. It's 6-5. to five, The Yankees walk it off and win. And, listen, I still stand by what I said. I, I think, uh, you know, heading into the season, the Yankees made a more than fair offer to Aaron Judge. Okay? I... I can also say that Judge, obviously, he wants to get a little more. And the way he's performing so far, I understand it. Um, in the series, he goes three for nine in this two-game set. Two singles and a homer. Three RBIs to strike out, no walks, six total bases. Um, yeah, he finally came through in what I call a money spot. With his first career walk-off home run Tuesday night. I think he prior to that had maybe three or so walk-off moments. With a walk and a couple hits in there. But this season is feel like not just in like those bottom of the ninth situations. But just in the clutch in general. Aaron Hicks has failed a lot before that at-bat. He's had a lot of moments where he had not come through. And I've been getting on him for that that's actually where I came up with the term money spot because I've, you know, this season we've witnessed a lot of times so far where judge hasn't come through in those spots. You know, last year he was pretty good in those spots, but this year in money spots, he hadn't been, but he comes up there in a game where the Yankees are behind. They need a three round shot just to win the game. And judge belts it big moment for him. So credit to him. He comes up clutch and, um, I think that was Romano's first blown save of the year. And again, if you're a Toronto fan, if you're a Toronto fan, you're more angry about that Trevino at bat, Trevino at bat, than you are anything else. Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge. He's leading the majors and homers. But this is, you know, Trevino is at the plate. This is the This is the Yankees' automatic out take of the plate. This is their number 9 hitter. You know, the top of the order is due up right after this. So, you got to throw him strikes. You've got to be able to trust your defense, which Toronto's got a pretty good defense, and throw the guy strikes. It's Jose Trevino. So, if you're Romano, that's a pretty inexcusable walk right there. You've got to go at him. Uh, but the best part of that inning is although I was a little down, I felt a lot more confident that the Yankees could take this game than I have in previous years in those moments. I don't know, man. This team just seems to have that clutch factor right now. They do. So, the lineup produces six runs. Big moment there at the end. Severino. Listen, you know, the first and second inning... He allows six batters to reach, throws 62 pitches. He's laboring. But he does a nice job escaping it. He escapes the first inning with three straight swinging strikeouts. He struggles in the second. Obviously, the review call was overturned, but he gets out of it. And the third and fourth innings, he goes one, two, three. Strikes out the side in the fourth. Fifth inning, he gets the first two batters out that he's pulled after the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. single. So his final line of the night. innings 5 hits 3 runs a couple of walks 8 strikeouts a home run 97 pitches not the greatest line 3rd consecutive outing where his line didn't look the prettiest but also I think last or a younger Severino lets those last 3 outings turn into clunkers but this Severino seems a bit more mature and he ends up making it not a bad outing considering everything. Because he finds a way to stay in it and grind it out. So, I had no problem with it. I think Severino's been okay this year. Definitely their worst pitcher. But that sounds worse than it is because this pitching staff has been so great, so electric, that Severino having an ERA barely four is absolutely fine. We will take that. You know, I expected him to not be Severino that we, you know, saw in his first two seasons or whatever it was. But if he can give you this while everybody else is holding up their end of the bargain, I'm absolutely fine with it. And the bullpen was fine. Outside of Green. You know, overall the bullpen, four point one innings, two hits allowed, two runs, couple of walks, hit batter, seven strikeouts, no home runs allowed. Castro threw an inning in a third. He was good. Lasagna pitched an inning. Green, an inning pitched. Um, Like I said, he's the anti-clutch. And if you're Aaron Boone, you know, if you're going with Green in a tight game, I prefer you at least do it at the top of an inning with nobody on base and not coming in with inherited runners already on. I think that's my, my one nitpick. And then Peralta was after green, threw a clean inning, got the win. Uh, Yankee bats, like I said, six runs. We're able to get the six runs there at the end. Five hits, seven walks, ten strikeouts, three for eight in scoring position, seven left on base. Not bad. Uh, Judge and Hicks carried the offense with two hits apiece. Each of them get a home run in there. And each of them driving in three runs. DJ LeMayu and Aaron Hicks also reach a base twice. Uh, and like I said, the Yanks were getting no hit for a while by Kikuchi, but they finally get to him at the end. Um, and then, you know, the bottom of the order, actually, I think IKF was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, um, but it was like from Donaldson down to the bottom. Donaldson, Hicks, Glaber, IKF, and Higgy were 0 for 14. But I mentioned IKF because he's been struggling for a bit now. You know, he, he has been not the same. Um, I think in IKF's... I, I think in his head, it's like if I'm struggling... It's one of those things that we talked about with Labor. If you're struggling at the plate, you bring it onto the field. And he's kind of been doing that a little lately. He did that at the start of the year. He was struggling in both spots. Shortstop and at the plate. And he's kind of doing that a bit lately not playing the greatest shortstop. He was supposed to be a great shortstop for us, but, you know, he's had some moments. And then at the plate, he's hit listen in his last five games. Um, after peaking to 314 batting average, he has now went one for 20. He's betting 50 in his last six games, uh, down to 256 on the year. Uh, I was listening to a little bit of talking Yanks, and Jake was, was making a very good point. Um, He said how, like, when you're a slap hitter like IKF is, you're a contact guy not known for, you know, the the power. When you go into a slump, your numbers are going to look extra bad. You know, the zero home runs weren't loud at all when he was batting over 300 and had the OPS in the 700s, right? Nobody was talking about how he had no home runs. But now you see his line, and you look at the 250-something average, the 600-something OPS, and the zero home run stands out even more. You know? It just makes it seem like he's having a terrible year when you look at it now. But overall, I think he will be fine. I think he'll end up batting around 280, give or take, for the Yankees. I think he's the perfect bottom of the order guy. Some protection around him should help him see more fastballs, which is why I think he should bat knife. Um, him back-to-back with DJs. That's a pretty lethal one-two. Um, and that's that's the first game of the set. The Yankees walk it off, Judge with a magical moment there at the end. Uh, Let's talk about the second game, which took place earlier today. Midday game on Thursday. We'll be right back. We're going to get right into it. Stay with us. Hey, guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So, if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Alright, welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 366 of BD4. Earlier today, the Yankees took game two of this set. 5-3 to three victory over the Blue Jays. It was Jamison Tyone going up against Jose Barrios. Top of the first inning. Again, the Yankees coming from behind. Teoscar Hernandez with the RBI Fielder's Choice. It's one nothing Toronto. Bottom of the first, the Yanks go down 1-2-3. Bottom of the second, just a Gallo base hit, nothing else. Bottom of the third, they go down 1-2-3 again versus Barrios. Bottom of the fourth, though, they finally crack the board. Anthony Rizzo and DJ LeMay with back-to-back base hits. Glaber Torres then goes to the right field porch, Chris Woodward. Um, is that okay, everybody? Is he allowed to hit a home run in his own ballpark? Or does it have to be a certain standard? It's 3-1 to one Yankees. Um, bottom of the fifth comes. The Yankees go down 1-2-3 again. Top of the sixth, Matt Chapman with the sacrifice fly. It's 3-2. But the Yankees kind of pull away a bit in the bottom of the sixth when Rizzo draws a one-out walk. DJ picks up a one-out double from the cleanup spot which was interesting. Jose Barrios is then pulled after five and a third innings, leaves two men on base for Richards to come into the game. And that's when Glaber line drive base hit to center field versus the right-hander Richards. And um, just using that balanced right center field approach, DJ makes a great slide at home to score. It's five two Yankees. Um, all those runs were on Jose's line. So he ends up letting up five earned runs. Bottom of the seventh, the Yankees do put a couple runners on. Marwin and Judge, single versus Thornton, but they cannot tack on. Bottom of the eighth, they'll go down 1-2-3 against Brokey, And then in the top of the ninth, Chapman. A little bit of a scare. One run comes across, but he gets the save, and the Yanks win 5-3. I think this was a very good outing by um, Jamison Tayo. And, um... As you can see on the screen, if you are watching the video format of this podcast, 5.1 innings pitched, 2 earned runs, 4 strikeouts, a walk, 6 hits allowed, 4 singles and 2 doubles, um, 85 total pitches. He has been tremendous so far this year for the Yankees. Now, he got in trouble early. First inning, he put the first 3 batters on base, bases loaded, nobody out. Right, He walks George Springer, gives up a base hit to Bichette, and that Vlad Jr. is hit by a pitch in the middle of a count. But then, he ends up getting out of it with just one run across. Very impressive. A very nice job. And, you know, Toronto continues to struggle offensively. It seemed like it was going to be one of those tie own regression games, though. He had been so good, but no. From there, he finds it, he found the zone, and he settled in. In the second inning, he goes one, two, three. In the third inning, just a Vlad base hit. Other than that, zero legitimate damage. In the fourth inning, a Kirk double, but that was all. He did not score. Fifth inning, Bichette, two-out double, but he gets a huge out, Tyone does, when Vladimir Guerrero strikes out on a, on a, on a cutter, swinging on an outside cutter. It was a backdoor cutter. Or is that a front door? Sixth inning comes. Um, Tyone lets up a few singles, uh, but then he leaves the game with two on base One out for Michael King. But, yeah, all in all, considering, it was a pretty good outing for Jamison Tyone. Once again, uh, like I said, 5.1 innings, six hits, two runs, a walk. Um, 85 total pitches. Didn't allow a homer. Continuing to just get ground ball after ground ball, using that cutter to his advantage. Just, he's been like under the radar, very great for the Yankees this season. Very good. Um, he's allowed two runs or less in each of his six starts this year. He hasn't had a start where he's not kept the team in the game. Uh, and he's now 3-1 and one with the win, with an ERA of 2-9. So, I think what's key is he's limiting traffic. He's got 25 strikeouts versus three walks this season. That's why he's been so effective. Limiting traffic. With men on base this year, Tyone is limiting batters to a 163 average and a 549 OPS. Now, I don't know if that's updated. Um, Yeah. Very good regardless. And a 111 average in scoring position versus Tyone. He's been great. This was his third time through. Uh, two His third time facing the Blue Jays this season. So that's very impressive. Yes, the Jays are struggling, but they have talent. You know, as much as I hate them, and as much as they're struggling, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., that Bo Bichette, George Springer, uh, Gurriel, Hernandez, even Matt Chapman aren't good hitters. They're good, talented hitters. And, you know, also the Yankees holding them in check for nine games has a lot to do with their lineup not being the same this year. So you got to give credit to Tyone, give credit to the bullpen, continuing to shut it down, 3.2 innings, three hits, a run, a walk, three Ks, and no home runs allowed. King pitched an inning, allowed a hit. I think he allowed that sack fly. Um, not as great, once again, second consecutive outing where he was not as great, but whatever. Holmes comes in, pitches an inning and two-thirds, allows a hit, no runs to come across, though. He has gotten into seven double-play situations this season. And has gotten the double play, uh, I think I saw three times. I said three or four. Regardless, he just continues to pound the zone with that heavy sinker ball that he has. Just um, easy peasy versus Vladimir Guerrero Jr. today. His ERA is now down to 0.55 on the season. The guy is a robot. He comes in and gets out. Araldis Chapman. Again, one inning, gets the save there in the ninth. He allowed his first earned run on the season today. It was his 13th outing, um, his 12th inning pitching. But um, yeah, so he's been great. And uh, the bats today, five runs came across, eight hits allowed, one walk, six. I'm sorry, eight hits against Toronto pitching. Uh, we only drew one walk, but only struck out six times and went two for five. With runners in scoring position. Uh four men were left on base. And um did not hit to, hit into any double plays. Uh, actually, both of these games we did not hit into any double plays. And um, yeah, you know, DJ and Gleber Torres, two hits apiece. Um actually Glaber, you know, produced all five runs for the Yankees today. He goes two for eight in the two games, a single and a homer, five RBIs. 1K, no walks, 5 total bases. Um, Yeah, he uh, had more RBIs in today's game, 5, than Gallo has all year with 4. <laughs> Just as many as Hicks on the year, who has 5. So, 5 more RBIs for Glaber. That's awesome. Uh, the Yes was showing a graphic. Uh, he's batting two seventy three in his last 17 games. So, he's keeping that, like I said, keeping that up the middle, to right field, right center approach lately, that's great. You want to see him have that balanced swing. Um, He's also got 18 RBIs and 5 home runs on the year. And his OPS is now in the 700s. So maybe, just maybe, he's going to have a decent season. Um, And I also like him in that 5-6 spot in the order too. At the moment it's working. But yeah. He's producing runs. He's—I would say—he's been more of a, as weird as it sounds, because I know the average isn't there and the O. P. S. is a little low. I feel like he's been more of a positive this year than a negative because he's, you know, he got off to an awful start, but like I said, for the last 17 games, he's actually been a pretty productive hitter. And um, you know, his defense could have been a little better this series. There was that one play where he didn't get in front of a ball and chose to stick his glove out, and you know. I don't know if they scored it in error, but it was definitely an error. Uh, but overall, other than that, he's looked pretty good at second base. You know? But, um, yeah, a good win. You know, it looked like, yeah, when I saw the lineup today, it looked like it was going to be another one of those punt days. It did. Uh, Stanton was sitting. Donaldson was sitting. Marwin Gonzalez was in. DJ's batting cleanup, and Hicks is leading off. You know, it looked like one of those, all right, We'll settle with the split with the Jays. We're the best team in baseball right now. We've got a big road trip coming up. Early travel. Tyone struggling early. But no. The Yankee Pats find a way to put it together. The, the pitching puts it together. But you know. After scoring two runs or less. Over the last four games heading into this series. We end up scoring six runs on Tuesday. And five runs on Wednesday. Now he still only hit 13 for 62, which is 210 in the series, but maybe scoring the runs, just seeing the runs cross the plate, indicates that their offense is coming back to them a little bit. You know, and you know even when their offense is struggling, they find a way to be clutch. It's a very clutch, very resilient lineup right now. 10 comeback wins on the season already, which is first in Major League Baseball per Katie Sharp. Four walk-off victories this season, which is also first in Major League Baseball. So the offense has been clutch. The pitching, that's been the story. The pitching has been their identity. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. You cannot ask for more from this pitching staff. They lead baseball, or the American League. They're second in the majors with ERA, a 2-6. They uh, have allowed only 20 home runs, knock up wood, on the season. That's the second-best mark in the league. Um, and when you consider that's versus 286 strikeouts, the third most, and, and 263 groundouts, the 10th best, that's an excellent ratio. So, you know, credit to Matt Blake for for getting this pitching staff looking really good for his second consecutive season, top to bottom, all 14 pitchers, however many we carry. Um... They've been phenomenal. They've been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Now, I was listening to the press conference, all right, and um, I've been giving Boone some praise this season. They ask him about his hot start and what he think it means in the presser, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he goes, it's early, we're only 30 games in, and he says it a couple times to a few different questions. I loved it. Am I am I starting to hate Aaron Boone less? Am I starting to not despise him? <laughs> I don't know. We got a long way to go. But you know, we talk about Boone's fire this year. You know, show him more fire with the ejections and I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. Excuse me. We talk about that. Uh, you have the whole hit-by-pitch thing, like we said. Um, it just feels like we have this. And I love the fact uh, that we're abusing. It feels like we're abusing the living shit out of the short porch this season. Way more than we have in the past. But that's what makes it so much sweeter. Because you consider all the other things that give us this FU type of mentality. And then you consider that that we're abusing this 314 short porch. Yeah, fans around the league, you already know we're having aneurysms on their couch. You've got players and managers complaining about the short porch. And I, I just love it. I love that. I hope that every home run the Yankees hit from now on is no longer than 314 feet. I love the fact that they were abusing the short porch. That's what makes me happy is when everybody else gets angry about it and the Yankees continue to do it. That's what I want. I want to be the bad guys again. This is how we do it. And I love that there's this little feud going on now between the Yankees and the Jays, right? I love hating the Blue Jays. The amount of times that Vlad Jr. did not come through in big spots so far this season against the Yankees and getting mad at himself after, beautiful artwork, a masterpiece. That whole breaking the bat over his knee after striking out versus Tyone on that backdoor cutter, It is a photo that belongs in a museum. If somebody has the photo of him snapping his bat over his knees, send it to me because I will frame it. And it needs a caption for context, obviously. Garbage in clutch versus the Yankees. But yeah, that team is so rattled when they play us. You can see they want to beat us so bad because when they celebrate, they act like they win the World Series. Um, I love it. I hate Vlad Jr. I hate Springer. Fuck the Astros. Yep, still talking about it. I hate Bichette. Cut your hair. I hate your yell. Your hair is weird. Um, I just hate the Blue Jays, and I love hating them. They are an inferior, bum team who are mediocre. <laughs> They're a boring, shitty, overrated 17-15 and 15 team. They're in third place at the moment. They're now six games behind the Yankees in the East. I love it. Listen, they're they're, they're young and promising. I'm just bitter right now because I don't like the attention they were getting. And I was giving them a lot of hype. I think I picked them to win the division, honestly, in one of our uh, preseason episodes. But I I love this little, uh, you know, rivalry that's brewing. It's kind of like when the rivalry with the Yankees and the Rays started brewing around Sabathia's uh, later days. Uh, But, yeah, everything's good. Uh, I think the only qualms right now is, you know, in terms of the players on the team... um, Maybe Joey Gallo still sucks. Aaron Hicks, kind of talked about him. Me, I can't wait until the deadline, man. One of them needs to go. Um, but you know, my one tweak. You know, why did we start changing the order again? Because for a while it was, it was, you know, it was DJ Lemayu, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, whoever in the six and seven. Then you had catcher and uh, IKF, and then the catcher eight and nine, right? But now it's like we're, we're starting to toy with it, and Boone's being this mad scientist that Kay calls him, changing it up a little more. A little too much. I think Hicks has let off at least maybe three times in the last five games. Two or three times. I'm going to say three. But just just keep sticking with, with what got you that 11-game streak. Uh, but we're on fire still. 17 out of 19? Or is it no? It's... 15 and a 17. 15 to 2 in our last 17 games. We're hot. You know, after the game today, uh, Maranacio was optioned because Luis Heel is coming up to pitch tomorrow. Now, he'll is struggling right now. Okay, he's not doing well down in AAA. Um, he's got a 9.53 ERA through five starts. I was looking at the game log. Bit of a mixed bag. Two mediocre starts, two awful starts and one good start his last time out he went 5 innings, 2 runs against Rochester Redwings. Um but I'm excited for him nonetheless. I'm a big fan of his stuff. I also think he has a little bit of intensity when he comes up here, pumping his fist into his glove after strikeouts and you know, last year I thought he showed some promise at the end of the summer and turn the fall he came up here and he looked pretty good. Um yeah, overall great. Uh, the Yankees are 22 and 8. They've got a 733 win percentage, which is almost equivalent to taking three of every four games. Very good. They got a plus 52 run differential, which is the only positive run differential in the American League East so far, which we thought was going to be a beast of a division. So far, the Yankees are taking good care. Um, long way to go, but you can't complain too much about what's been going on. Chicago White Sox are next. They are a game above 500. I think they're in second place in their division. Um, things are good in New York um, you know I hate the Mets I hate them and I want them to lose every single game they play I will say if these two teams keep playing the way that they are that by the time the first Subway series is upon us and I don't think that's until late July so like I said we've got a lot to to, to see what happens um, and the Mets usually end up pulling off of Mets and, you know, collapse in the second half. But if they are both on top of their games come late July, when the first subway series of the season occurs, going to be some juice to it, man. going to be a lot of fire to that series. It's going to be exciting. But, um, yeah, other than that, uh, Luis Hill tomorrow, uh, Garrett Cole, I'm pretty sure is on Friday and then Saturday, it'll be Jordan Montgomery, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in Chicago against the White Sox. We might see a lot of Lucas Litke tomorrow, uh, just because again, heels probably going to be on a short leash. And Litke, obviously, with Toronto being the right handed heavy lineup, didn't get to see any of him this series. We actually haven't seen Litke since May 3rd, which I think was against Toronto. But um, yeah, I-, I have nothing to complain about. Let's head to our final break. And when we get back from break, we will wrap this one up with uh, the NYYNYK MMA Question of the Day and RJ's Parlay for episode 366. Stay with us. Be right back. So, BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify, you can find us on our sponsor anchor and many other listening platforms as well wherever you get your podcast but we are also available to watch on youtube so if you want to watch us on youtube go subscribe there but if you prefer to listen to us again many 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 listening platforms just be sure to subscribe download give us a rating a review comment share the podcast and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. All right, welcome back to BD4. You're listening. You are listening to episode 366. Let's get to our NYY NYK MMA question of the day. So for episode 366... Our NYY NYK MMA question of the day is Which former Yankees slugger led the American League in total bases in 2009? Alright, which former Yankee slugger led the American League in total bases in 2009? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I will let you know what the answer is in the next show. So one last time, which former Yankees slugger led the American League in total bases in 2009? All right. Now, let's wrap it up with RJ's parlay. I want to talk about this one, man. Let's get to RJ's parlay. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night. Because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Now tonight's parlay, with this afternoon's parlay, we hit, we finally cashed on a Yankees parlay. As you can see on the screen, if you are watching the show, we had a six-pick parlay, um, and the odds were plus 364. Plus 364 odds on a six-pick parlay, and we cashed it six out of six. We had the over of three-and-a-half alternate total runs. We had the alternate run line of Yankees plus five-and-a-half. We had Berrios allowing three hits or more. We had Tyone with four strikeouts or more. And then we had Rizzo and DJ with at least one total base apiece. And, again, we were 6-for-6 six six on that plus-364, 6-pick parlay, and we cashed it. Now, I had another one for that uh, that basketball game that just ended, as I'm speaking. It was the... Um, Jesus Christ, how do I not know what the fucking game was? Oh, it was the Bucks celtics game. I'm so mad, because this was a plus-403. And I would have won so much money if I would have hit it. And I had had hit four out of the five. And the one I missed was Brooke Lopez not getting five rebounds. He ended up getting three rebounds. So I was two rebounds away from hitting a plus 403 five-pick parlay that I put down a decent amount on. So I would have been buying everybody dinner tomorrow night if I would have hit this. Um but I missed it by two. Fortunately, it was the DraftKings 4 out of 5 get your refund uh, part of it. So I, I do get my money back in a free bet. But um, still, I, I was so frustrated that I missed that one because that was the big one for me. But we did cash in on the one earlier. And uh, that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. That's all we got for this one. Like I said, the Yankees are looking good. 22-8, first place in baseball. Um, and uh, we'll see how far this goes. We, we will see. So the Chicago White Sox are up next. Should be interesting. Um, and that's it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, RJ Garbone. You are listening to episode 366 of BD4. And I'll see you in the next one. All right, guys. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.